0: An English teacher diagnosed with a brain tumour, deciding to live her life to the fullest and help those around her. A bullied student who turns to his favourite teacher for support. A band on the verge of mainstream success who needs someone to help pull them together. Dreams of a Damselfly is my debut novel and is now available in Kindle and paperback formats. Search Dreams of a Damselfly on Amazon or follow the link in the description of this episode. Halgo of Faudrin, Chapter Seven The Second Siege of Galhalla. Dalsur! Oh, Dalsur cloak! please wake! Talgo tried desperately to rouse the wizards, but it was no use. Jadir was calmer now, the winds had stopped completely, and the fires below no longer boiled but simmered, giving off a more pleasant warmth than before. Still, none of the wizards moved. They had all fallen with a grip on their staffs and now lay as still and lifeless as an autumn leaf. It hasn't worked, Talgo thought. They've killed themselves. The Zura have spoken. They will belong to nobody. Just then, Kilnor Whitecloak stirred. Greycloak might now have been a more appropriate name for him. His robes had been dirtied by his fall. Talgo, Kilnor groaned. Could you please fetch some water? Saying nothing, Talgo sprinted across the cavern to the wizard's bags and found the water skins. He rushed back to Kilnor with it. The wizards drank generously from it. The other wizards were coming too now. Talgo fetched more water for them and watched them drink deeply. They had a look of sheer fatigue. Did it work? Talgo asked. Are you now the masters of Zura? Masters, Ulmur Greencloak said. I never thought of it that way before. But I suppose you're right. Let me see. Ulmur? raised his staff, and Talgo felt the very earth below him shake. Earthquake he gasped. The wizard lowered his staff, and immediately the rumbling ceased. Ah, said Ulmur, it seems I am master of earth. The other wizards tested their new powers. Dalsur Blue Cloak made rain fall lightly from the clouds, then Kilnor Whitecloak turned it into something else. "'Snow!' Talgo exclaimed. "'At this time of year, "'you must be masters of water and ice!' "'It would seem so,' Kilnor agreed. "'He waved his staff, and the snow ended. "'Next, Nalur Blackcloak created a mini-storm. "'He drew wind from the sky "'and held a small tornado in his hands, "'before blowing it back into the air "'and making it disappear. "'He had become master of wind. "'Finally, Jihur... Knowing which Jura was left to him, stood at the edge of the volcano and commanded the very fires of Jadir to leap up and circle around the party. Talgo became frightened by this, hoping that the fire would not burn them by accident. Jahir stopped and gave a small smile. Master of fire is what you'd call me, Talgo. Once the wizards had finished testing the Jura, they decided to spend the rest of the night where they were. It will be warm enough here with the fires of Jadir. Jihur said, and even if not, I could always make it a little hotter. No, thank you, said Dalsur. It's quite warm enough up here. They slept with no blankets. Talgo lay awake for some time, listening to the wizard's snore, and wondering if he had been the only person to have witnessed what happened on Jadir that night. By river and lake, across grass and stone, never, ever think you are alone. The words circled around in Talgo's head as he finally fell asleep, his dreams haunted by hungry, grinning skurgs. If bones could shiver, Talgo's would have. When Talgo awoke, he found to his surprise that he'd slept longer than the wizards. He was roused by Dalsur Bluecloak, who smiled at him from behind his long white beard. "'Come, my boy,' Dalsur said. "'It is past noon.' We must make our way down the volcano, lest we spend another night surrounded by smoke and ash. Coming down Jadir was even harder than climbing up. Talgo's feet bent forwards in unusual ways, and now and then he'd step on a rock which would roll under his feet, nearly sending him tumbling into Jihur Red Cloak and Malur Black Cloak who led the way. At least on the way up I was in control of my feet. Now I may fall without warning. Coming down proved quicker than climbing up at least, and before long, they reached the bottom of the volcano and found their horses happily grazing on the grass. Talgo was amazed they hadn't fled when Ulmer had created his earthquake last night. They rested before setting off, taking time to eat and drink water. Most of the water skins were running dry, and Talgo worried that there would not be enough left before the party reached river Ulmharan. Dalsur chuckled and refilled their skins with a wave of his hand. "'Certainly an advantage to us now,' Kilnur remarked with pleasure in his voice. "'And look at you now, Dalsur. "'You appear to be delighting in these new powers you were so set against before.' "'They set off, guiding their horses east. "'The wizards were weary, but the journey was filled with chatter. "'They discussed what they might do now that they controlled the Jura, "'and yes, even Dalsur Bluecloak spoke with excitement in his voice, "'though he reminded the others of the gravity of their situation.' We must remember that the Jura come with great responsibility, he said. I, for example, must now make sure that the rain falls often enough for plants to grow. Yes, Ulmer Greencloak agreed, and I am now responsible for the shaping of the lands themselves. I foresee much foreign travel in our near future. The days passed quickly. Before long, the great volcano was out of sight, and the party passed River Ulmher without stopping to fill their skins. At night, Jihur red Redcloak started the fires easily with a simple wave of his staff over some wood. They did not even have to gather dry wood, for Jehur found that he could set alight nearly anything that was put in front of him. Spirits remained high among the wizards as they arrived at Lake Rhinmos and continued east towards Gilhala, but Talgo felt a sense of fear taking over. He wondered what the Skurgs were planning. He had expected an ambush on the roads and felt confident that the wizards would fend them off easily, and nobody would ask any questions of Talgo. But the lack of any danger made Talgo feel very nervous, especially if they have been watching me. When they reached the furthest end of the lake, they turned north, and before long Talgo could see the white points of Galhalla Tower reaching into the sky. As they drew nearer, Talgo's sense of foreboding grew. When they reached the land around the tower, the wizards drew deep sighs of relief. There is nothing quite like the feeling of returning home after travelling many miles, Umar Greencloak remarked. He was interrupted by a foul voice. The wizards return with brand new powers. You shall die now. Gilhala is ours. And then the Skurg army appeared. The king had sent a much larger group this time. Talgo thought they must have numbered at least three hundred. They spilled out from nearby trees and shrubs, waving about the same mismatched and poorly made weapons that Talgo had seen before. Each one of them grinned like a mad thing. The wizards did not move. They stayed as still as rocks atop their steeds and looked on. Skurgs! Jihir Redcloak bellowed. His voice seemed louder than any normal man would manage. What are you doing here? Go back to the low hills now and we will spare your lives! The army of Skurgs erupted in hysterical laughter. Nalur and Kilnur drew their swords. Talgo reluctantly drew his too. Make way, vile cretins, Ulmur Greencloak shouted. I thirst for some Freymerian cider, and you're in my way. We shall leave when you are dead, said one Skurg. When bones are exposed and we are fed. I offer you one last chance, Skurgs, Jihur bellowed. Leave now, and you shall live to worship your vile king for more days yet. Remain here, and every one of you shall die. Once again, the skurgs burst out with that wild sound which Talgo thought must have been their laughter. The archers bent their bows. The spear skurgs and sword skurgs' weapons glistened in the bright sunlight. The army of skurgs began moving forwards. They were halted in their tracks when Ulmur raised his staff and commanded the grounds to shake beneath their feet. The grins on the skurgs' faces disappeared and were replaced with looks of horror. Suddenly, a great chasm opened in the ground, swallowing up several skurgs who fell into the gaping hole with shrill screams and were never seen again. Jihur joined the fight by waving his staff and simply lighting the skurgs alight. They howled with fear and pain, many of them hurling themselves into the great chasm that Ulmur Greencloak had created. The skurgs that were left now turned and began to flee, but Kilnor stopped many of them by freezing them to the spot. It looked as though their bodies had actually turned to ice. A passing skurg would now and then knock over a frozen one and would break it, shattering it like a mirror. Many more of the Skurgs, who had turned to flee, had escaped the ice, but were brought involuntarily back to the battle by a giant gust of wind created by Nalur. Each time they attempted to flee, the winds brought them back to the front of Gilhalla Tower. "'Mercy! Mercy!' the Skurgs cried. "'You were warned!' Jihur said. Talgo detected a sense of darkness in his voice, something which had not been there before. Talgo felt inclined in that moment to look up to the sky. He had felt that something was not normal up there, and upon his first glance he saw that he was correct. Dalsur cloak had been in the middle of a chant, with his eyes closed and his staff pointed to the sky. Below the clouds, a great body of water hung. Talgo wondered if Dalsur had perhaps summoned it from Lake Rhinmos. It hovered above the heads of the terrified skurgs for a few seconds before crashing down upon them like a great waterfall, drowning some, and sweeping the lucky ones far away to the north. They were gone. The wizards had killed or driven away all the skurgs that had assembled in front of Gilhalla Tower with ease, as if swatting away a bothersome fly. All that was left were a few hastily discarded weapons among some sprawled skurg bodies. All the more to clean up. Kilner White Cloak groaned. Let us return to the tower. Wait, Dalsur said. I imagine more Skurgs have gotten into our tower, don't you, Talgo? Talgo shuddered. I wouldn't know. Of course not, Dalsur said, regarding him with disappointed eyes for a moment, before leading his horse in the direction of the tower with the other wizards. Talgo was glad to be behind him. He felt a look of shame upon his face, reminding him of how he had first stained his sword. He kept his head lowered as Dalsur steered the horse onwards. As they approached Gilhalla Tower, a vile voice sounded from a window. Wizards! We want no part of your new powers. Go away from here. You would not harm your own tower. I tire of your rhymes, Skurgs, Jihur cried. I give you the same chance as I gave to your friends, which is more than you deserve. Leave galhalla now, or you shall die. The Skurgs did not laugh. If you could see their faces, Talgo thought that he would not have seen any grins upon them. They had seen the power of the Jura. The next Skurg that spoke sounded terrified. We have barred the gates, locked the windows, and sealed Gilhalla's fate. You cannot enter without wrecking and breaking. Leave now, your tower is forsaken. Jihir lowered his voice and muttered, I warned you. The wizard leapt from his steed and walked a few steps towards the tower, before raising his staff high in the air. The staff glowed in a fiery red, and Talgo heard the screams. The first skurg hurled itself through a closed window, the fire Jihir had commanded, still clinging to its body as it hit the ground below with a slap. More followed, fleeing the tower, most likely in mad hope of extinguishing the flames which burned them. Soon, a few piles of burning skurgs gathered at the bottom of the tower. The reek of burning flesh made Talgo feel sick. Jihur, you fool! Nalur Black Cloak yelled. How many of them now run around our rooms, spreading fire around our tower? You should have allowed Kilnur to freeze their hearts! Jihur waved his hand and the flames surrounding the corpses at the bottom of the tower ceased. I am sorry, Alur, but the boy has made me very angry. Talgo looked up in fright. Me? Oh, do not play the fool, Jihur said. We know of your treachery, Talgo. I know not of what you speak of, Talgo said. His voice came out softly and quickly. He looked around at the wizards. They looked back with angry faces. Please, Ulmer, Kilner, do you not believe me? Surely, sir, you do not believe me, a traitor. Dalsur did not look at Talgo with anger, but something much worse. Sadness. Get off my horse, Talgo, he said. Talgo dropped down from the horse, falling backwards as he landed on the ground. When he picked himself up, he found the wizards still staring at him. We know of the skurg that entered your room, Talgo, Ulmur Greencloak said. Talgo let a look of surprise fall upon his face. Do you not think that we would know of such a thing? Many a skurg has scaled the walls of Gilhalla Tower. Only one has ever made it back down alive. Why did you let this one climb? Talgo asked. We thought you may have been in league with the skurgs, Nalur Black Cook said. We wanted to test you, to see if you would betray us. You did, as I thought you would. And you, Dalsur? Talgo asked. Did you always think I would betray you? Dalsur had a deepened look of sadness on his face. I trusted you, my boy. If there had been anything left in Talgo's heart to spare hatred, it would have been crushed. You told the skurg of our departure, Talgo, didn't you? Kilnor Whitecloak demanded. Talgo said nothing. It is with regret, Jihur said, that we must now end our relationship with you, Talgo. And where will you send me? Talgo asked. I cannot go back to Faudrin, and I know nothing of the lands beyond Jadir, and what a great journey it is even to there. Then go south, Jihur said. Rejoin your skurgs, or live in Lake Rhynmos, or go north and throw yourself into the sea. I care not. The words stung Talgo. How could the wizards treat him so? Wherever you go, Talgo of Faudrin, do not come back to Galhalla, Jihur said. You are hereby banished, never to return here. Now go. Get out of my sight. Jihur flung a bag of supplies at him, and Talgo looked up at Dalsur in one last hope. The blue wizard avoided eye contact. Once again, Talgo departed. You have been listening to Talgo of Faudrin, a fantasy novella set in the world of Moran, by Chris Morris. Come back next week for the next chapter.